Welcome back to Podcast for Two People. Hey, how are you? It's been uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, I uh, I moved into a new house that I bought. I'm a first time home buyer. The homeowner. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's been incredibly um, anxiety, fucking driven. We live in an anxiety. We do. We really do live in an anxiety, and. Uh, Wowie, it's been great. First first episode we're recording in this here house. On the floor. On the floor, because guess who doesn't have any coffee tables or uh, pretty much anything you put in a house? There's okay. a few things. Yeah, it's me. It's your boy. I even, like, you got more shit than my house, and I've been living there for, like, two years. My room's, like, one of those, like, you see, like, a meme of, like, a mattress on the floor. People really be living out here like like this. A TV and like a PlayStation 4. (laughs) On a fucking milk crate. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, people live like this and don't see a problem. That's more or less. Yeah. My, my digs. I, uh, I had a lot of shit in a lot of small space. And then, uh, like a hermit crab, I found a larger shell. And, uh... Yeah, I uh, I got to move out of my mom's house for the second time in my life. That's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, dab on that shit. <laughs> Eternal dab. Fuck yeah. So what are we talking about today, Brent? Uh, it's, I know it's something that we really wanted to watch like last year. Yeah, we were gonna do it because I think we did Suspiria, then we did Phenomena. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was an Argento heavy uh, year. Yeah, I was like, yo, let's do Tenebra, and then I think we were both like, eh. we did a lot of Argento. Yeah. And we decided to come back at, at some point. And now that point is, is right that now. some point now, yes. <laughs> hey, hold up. I see you have like that cassette tape. We should listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how it sounds. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Yeah, Tenebrae. 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 Dario Argento. Dario Argento. We're back watching his movies again. Yeah. Cause Thanks, fuck. It's good stuff. They're good. Giallo. Giallo. The thriller. Best of the year, maybe even decade. You know, according honestly, to the book review. Honestly, though, it is all right. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good thriller. Yeah, it's a pretty solid thriller, and uh, the music is so fucking great. It's it's uh, apparently like been sampled since uh, since eighty two by uh, by the band Justice, if, if you want to call a Justice Sue. Justice Sue. Um, yeah, like they. They made uh, the song Phantom. I'm pretty with, sure the song from the movie is called Tenebrae by uh, Claudio Simonetti. Yeah, I think you're former, right. Former member of Goblin. Yeah, yeah. Who have to uh, do his own thing. Muzak from Goblin's Dawn of the Dead. Nice. 1978. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty much the music that kicks on anytime that something Argento-esque is going to happen. Yeah. Anytime someone's about to get got by shadow person. Whenever somebody's head is about to go through a window. Backwards. Backwards. Yeah, with their throat cut. Phenomena kind of upped the game, I feel, later on. Because oh, yeah. it's like, all right, now instead of like some fancy Italian prog rock, mm-hmm. we got Iron Maiden playing. Yeah, some dude. Uh, I don't know if you call it an upgrade. Phenomena. Some, some might consider. Some might consider. But it's, you know, all your tastes. It's, it's, it's really good still. Like, I, I loved it. 
Um, sadly, we don't have the uh, the surround sound added in uh, right now, but holy shit, that really fucking slapped that song. You like that Tenenberg song? I do. That's a good I song. really do. Yeah, I was jamming. We'll probably play it here pretty soon, or you probably already heard it. Yeah, you probably already heard it, to be honest. But play it twice. Don't give a fuck. Yeah, seriously, though. Just uh, let it let it fucking roll. So what's Tenebrae about? Um, Peter Neal, uh, esteemed, successful author, thinks Stephen King. Yeah. Well. Pretty much, dude. If Stephen King was, like, full of his own farts. I mean, he kind of is. Every other uh, main character in his uh, novels is literally... Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a white male in his, like, late 40s, 50s. Well, write what you know. Yeah. I mean... In a way, <laughs> Tenebrae is basically the dark half by Stephen King. And uh, if you've read that book, that m- might ruin some part of it. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, <laughs> expect possibly some spoilers in this in this podcast. Yeah, sorry for spoilers for this like 37-year-old 19- movie. Yeah, from 1982. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, you should watch it, though. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I recommend pretty much any Argento film. More movies could use uh, uh, some, like, prog slash synth yeah, uh, the fact scores that it, going fucking hog wild. Yeah, and, like, the, the killer straight up has his own, um, what do you want to call it, like like a theme song. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it kicks on anytime something's about to happen, which um, maybe takes away from a little bit of the suspense. <laughs> yeah, once you hear Goblin or Claudio Simonetti... Yeah, you know somebody's about to get killed. Yeah, in like a weird way. Yeah, in a weird Argento way. And that's why we come here. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, I mean deeper than that, but I mean like, deeper. Yeah, you, you, you come for the killings, you stay for the the plot. <laughs> yeah, or you try to. Yeah, yeah. So if you can keep up with this movie, right? And and like the other films Argento's made, we have some pretty sweet fucking backdrops. Yeah, we'll have to watch a uh, uh, Deep Red or yeah. Profondo Rosso. I would also honestly like to check out Inferno at some point. I watched it, and the best part of that movie is when, like, um, this guy who, like, can't walk very well is trying uh-huh. to, like, investigate killings. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, no, he, there's, like, a... Okay. Sorry, this is way off topic, right? <laughs> We're talking about Inferno, not the topic of this episode. Yeah. Um, he's, like, a groundskeeper in the hotel where Inferno takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Hotel has like a severe uh, stray cat problem. I wish I had a severe. I actually right. do have a, a severe stray cat problem. It's great. You can watch him play while you do dishes. Anyways, the groundskeeper, he has like a bag full of cats. No. Yeah, and he's taking them to like a river to like just dump a bag of cats. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like. <laughs> no. So, well, I should show you this scene because it's hilarious. He's trying to throw the cats in the river, and I think, uh-huh. like, they they get free, and then, like, one of the cats, like, attacks him or something. Anyway, he's, like, in the water. Yeah. But he can't, like, move very well. He's like, help, I'm drowning. Yeah, well, you deserve to, buddy. Yeah, and then, like, there's, like, a guy in, like, a fucking burger diner mobile burger shack <laughs> across the way. Wait, no, you have shown me this. And then, like... He, like, looks up at him from, like... And this is, like, a long shot. Like, you see him from, yeah. like, 30 yards away. I was going to say, like, a quarter of a mile. Yeah, and he, like, looks up, and then it just shows him running over there, and then he just runs up and just, like, cuts his throat while he's in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Does he just go back to yes. go selling burgers? Yeah, Inferno's fucking weird. 
is that like is that great? I don't really feel like watching it again anytime soon. I guess we'll skip it, man. But like at least that scene is it's got that scene going for it. We'll just do like a like a forty five minute episode on just that scene. <laughs> was yeah. okay, so tell me, was anyone at any point in Inferno actually on fire? I don't remember. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck that movie. Fuck Inferno. It's it's probably just for posers. Yeah, we're not posers. And then because okay, while we're on while we're still talking about Argento and all his movies, um, Inferno was like the second in the Suspiria Three Mothers uh, mm-hmm. trilogy, and there was a uh, about witches. Two thousand six, I think uh-huh. there was like the Mother of Tears. I think is what it was called. That sounds right. And it starred um Argent one of Argento's daughters, uh shit. One uh, of his many Italian Asia. daughters. Yeah, Asia Argento. Um, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's like Asia, but it's not. Yeah, Asia, Asia. Anyways, that's the daughter he had with what, like uh, some. Nicolotti. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. At oh. least, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know their lineage very well. But right. The, the <laughs> a lot of weird Italian shit happening back there. The Argento Mishima. Yes. The Zaibats. The Zaibatsu Argento. I was trying to think of a weird Italian way to say that, but I don't know. Right. Zaibatsuria. Zaibatsuria. Zaibatsi. And there's like two Zs. Yeah, of course there are. Yes. So let's get back on track with Tenebrae. Tenebrae. Yes. Yeah. So we've got Peter Neal, who comes from Brooklyn, and we can already tell he's a jackass because he's fucking riding his bike on the freeway. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, and like he's got his driver, like driving to the airport with his things. Yeah. But he, for some reason, it's never really like drawn upon. Yeah, like, he's other just like there the to like take like, his fucking bike away so he can go fly to Rome and be a fucking fart sniffing author yeah yeah honestly that's that's 100 percent it and so he goes to rome and uh shortly after he arrives there is a sort of copycat killer if you will that's copying how the killer in his book aptly named tenebrae uh killing you know people like they were in the book so you got this straight razor wielding warrior out in the streets of Roma trying to take down all these different stand users. Yeah. And how like, can you possibly pick them out? Yeah. Well, they say that you're naturally drawn towards each other. <laughs> so Peter Neal, uh, he uses his uh, stand um, being deep, creepy. Deep red. <laughs> deep red. King uh, Crimson. That's actually. Somebody stand already? Oh yeah, no. King Crimson belongs to uh. Well, you know, I won't. I won't spoil that. But uh, it's the boss's. It's the boss's stand, and his identity is a secret. Don't. But, um, don't tell. Yeah, I won't. I won't. But uh, you know, part five has been done for a while. Go fucking <laughs> yeah. watch it, you sack of shit. Sorry, I haven't I been. Love you. Enough of a weeb lately. Yeah. Well, step up your fucking game. Yeah. Or I'm gonna I, have to find a new best friend. A fucking faker. Yeah. God fucking damn it. I'm just surrounded <laughs> by posers. So, wandering through the streets of Roma, you know, he hears about this uh, after being um, contacted by, a, a, like, a detective. But Inspector. I believe that. Yeah. And, like, at some point, they also refer to him, I believe, as captain. It, none of it makes sense. Italian law. 
It doesn't <laughs> nothing. I hey, there was that cool part where it's like, hey, can I offer you a drink? You probably don't drink on the job. And he's like, I only drink on the job. Yeah, it's very danger five. Yeah. Some of this shit's just like absolutely absolutely perfect. Um many people very drinking the espressos, a lot of the coffee, a lot of things ending in ia <laughs> as words. Uh a lot of um I think they they probably intentionally designed their shirts to see your nipples through oh yeah every shirt and then there was that girl uh towards the beginning as well uh the second uh well the second pastor she was like the reporter yep and then her lover yeah uh yeah like so her lover who i guess was a also a prostitute it looks like it was alluded to in some prostitute prostituto um Anyway, so, like, as soon as she comes on the scene, half of her nipples just, like, hanging out of her shirt. And it's just, and when we were it watching just continues. Actually, this is, like, it's, like, the female equivalent of um, Big Ronnie's cock window. <laughs> cock window pants from Greasy Strangler. <laughs> Fucking bullshit artist. <laughs> or, like, nipple tits artist. <laughs> That's what Argento is. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, the murders are really good. The The murderer is pretty spooky. They've got, like, a cool effect going on on the voice where it's, like, some weird um, Killer 7-esque, like, high-pitched whine over top of the actual voice. So it almost sounds, like, semi-feminine. So you, you yeah. really, as the viewer, don't really know who it is. And while it seems kind of easy to pick out, about halfway through the film, it has enough twists and turns to kind of keep you on the edge of your seat um which is something that i really enjoyed about it you know i thought this would be one of those movies where you'd be like where you think you'd call it in the beginning mm-hmm. and then like i was hoping you'd be wrong so i could rub it in your face yeah i usually i usually <laughs> can call a movie pretty pretty quick but um not this time i didn't even attempt i was actually just happy yeah, to be I'm, watching yeah. something Honestly, you know, it, it's it's been a while since we've been able to uh, sit down and watch a movie. And, um, you know, watching Relaxer was great. You're wearing your uh, Relaxer shirt today. Repping it. Yeah, man. Relaxing as long as you possibly can before you die. For one fleeting moment. Yeah, before the great kaboom. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we got to watch Live and Die in L.A., which was super fantastic. But it's kind of nice. It's almost like a christening in uh, in the new house. Um, especially with our busy schedules. I didn't foresee us being able to get together and watch a movie anytime soon. And last time we got to hang out, we started working on a new project that you guys will get to possibly hear <laughs> on, on, uh, on this very podcast channel. So be watching for something that seems irregular. We promise it's supposed to be there. And it'll be about, like, I don't know, a 16-minute thing. But uh, go in with an open mind and... Um, Maybe you'll be entertained. Maybe maybe, maybe you'll instantly unsubscribe. <laughs> Who it's knows? Up to you. It's yeah. up to you. Um, you'll subscribe so you can unsubscribe? Yeah. I just need to know how many of you we touch deeply with that next episode. I want it to tingle all the way down in your toes. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, going back to Tenebrae once again... After uh, after our like pretty cool uh, murder scene with the uh, straight razor uh, a lot of double blood. homicide, yeah, there's a lot of blood in this movie. It was, blood, it was well blood, done. Probably more blood than you might have thought there'd be. Mm-hmm. And it's got that very specific Argento color texture and look. Uh, as we've been watching, blood is poetry. Blood is poetry. <laughs> well, like so, 
you know, as as we're kind of going through all these horror movies, like you've been my educator, my mentor, uh, the one who uh, came to me when I opened the box, if you will, <laughs> and, and showed me all the sights. And showed you my cool, like, nipple chains. Yeah, dude. I love those things. Uh, my favorite thing to do is to ride on the back of Brent and uh, use his nipple chains as my... Um, my reins, oh, yeah. and uh, he takes me to the fridge for <laughs> an ice cold uh, Mountain Dew, and I can return to my couch for gaming. <laughs> I go back into the box, <laughs> and then he goes back into the box, which I have put on my mantle. Anyway, um, so that Argento color—it's closer to like honestly, like red paint. Yeah, <laughs> it's red paint, really. A paint blood. Yeah, it's kind of funny because um, towards the end of Tenebrae. Uh, we see... Uh, you want to talk about that now? Well, I'm just going to kind of touch it in the sense that I'm talking about the blood. Okay. okay. So we see some fake blood used, like purposely, in the scene by a character. But you can't tell the difference because that's how all the blood in the whole film looks. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Um, but so yeah, it's, it's like in the world of Tenebrae, is it really fake? Right. Whoa. How can you tell? Uh, and at another point, a character gets uh, attacked by a dog, and it's like, you know, there's no makeup for the wounds. You ever notice that, too? Like yeah, other like blood smears? Yeah, blood smears. Like, you know when a dog bites you, and all of a sudden, like, you've got blood smears on you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. And it's, like, hyper it was, red. It was from the dog's previous victim. Yeah, it, and, like, the blood is, like, super hyper red. Yeah. Yeah, it's like fucking coca-cola fire truck red as the one uh, uh hannibal lecter said it does it it does not in this movie shine black in the moonlight no it does not um i'm trying to think here you know it's like uh when we covered um brain dead yeah you know like obviously they you know kind of hold that record for most amount of blood used in a scene or in a like whole ever. movie yeah ever 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 but the blood looked really good Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and and I believe that was a mixture of um, a little bit of caro syrup and then some other things. Uh, then of course, Evil Dead and their specific one. Uh, you know, it it made it so things were really hard to work with, caused <laughs> problems later on. But um, yeah, there's just a, there's a very specific thing about like Argento blood here that I guess I'm trying to say is like it's it's weird. It's very strange, especially if you haven't seen an Argento film before. So it's just like you need to when you see those scenes, especially on a Blu-ray where you can pick out all the details, like you need to understand that that's like how the blood looks in all of his films. So I just always kind of saw it as just like yeah, a product of the times. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing is like they just didn't really start making blood that real looking. That great, yeah. When did the thing come out? Uh, 1980. Okay, so two years prior, you had some, like, seriously genius fucking practical effects. You're not going to see that level of makeup or practical effects in most Argento films. Phenomena has a little bit. It's effective. It's effective. And that's just it. Is It's not a lot of shock value you find in uh, Argento films. You find more thrill and suspense. Um, and then, like, the unveiling is the, the shock and awe that you get. So, the whole movie really is like yeah. a build up to the, yes. the last like five minutes of the movie. Yes, uh, and that's that's really it. Is that um, when you watch Argento films? What I've come to understand is that, like you just said, you're going to be watching 
a lot of buildup, but it doesn't feel empty or hollow. It's still entertaining and um, exciting, and it's really well like the the placement of those murders is so good that it just refuels your kind of um, attention. And again, like the music score really brings you back in. I th it's super fun. It's super fun. So after after those uh, other two murders, you know, he's looking over different things that he keeps getting in in uh, under his like apartment door. Yeah. Like uh, the killer slides him notes. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they're made with like letters, which I believe are actually cut up from his book, and they form sentences and uh, entries from his. Some book. of them were. Some of them were like just meant, Latin. Just meant to be from his book. Yeah, and then you know other things in Latin. Like, uh, I believe one was uh, Sick Transit and Gloria Lesby. Yeah. It's like the passing... Some, something of Lesbos? Yeah, of Lesbos. The passing glory of Lesbos. Yeah. It's like, what? I don't... I don't really... And Pierre was like, get behind me, lesbians. They're like, no, wait. He's like, it's yeah. okay. Homophobia is dead. Right, yeah, in 1982. <laughs> As he brandished his katana. Right, yeah. And then uh. the world continued to be the 1980s. <laughs> like, nothing had actually changed. So, yeah, um, you know, he's getting letters and everything like that. He's got a fully booked schedule. He is, after all, a very important author. He's incredibly popular in Rome. Mm -hmm. Like, his, uh, his book, Tenebrae, was um, the most sold book 12, 12 weeks in a row. He was even told at one point that the book was, um, like, all of his books were the front window of this bookstore right around the corner from where he was staying. And um, in one segment, he gets gets to, like, a talk show because he's got a talk show uh, kind of um, interview set up on, a, on Thursday. Mm -hmm. On Thursday at noon. It's an afternoon show. And uh, once once or twice a year, this fellow is able to do a long segment. And uh, he wanted to do a long segment with Peter Neal. And I believe his name was uh, Bertini? Or B Bertie? Like Christopher Neal. Christoffi? Uh, some Roman fellow, right? So, you know, he's on there. Detectives want to talk to him. His agent, you know, takes him away. It's like, hey, man, how about you talk to him after the interview or whatever? And, like, the interviewer had asked him some pretty the, strange questions. The, uh, the the agent played by John Saxon, like, the, the that guy from a lot of, um, a lot of, like, 70s and 80s B-horror movies. Yeah, he's really got a face for it. And uh, he's really good at face acting, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. But uh, also his character is just kind of fun. Like, when he's just talking about his hat. Yeah, he does a cool hat wobble. Yeah, he does a little hat wobble to show that it won't just fall off his head. It's like, yeah, you dummy. Overall, he's he's a really fun personality to add to the mix. So the Cristiano Berti was the Christian, TV guy's name. Yeah, yeah, what do you know? Very, very Italian. Cristiano Berti. So... You know they have their they have their interview and he gets asked like quite a few odd questions, um, things pertaining to like humanity's perversion, aberrant behavior, what aberrant behavior is. He gets questioned about his upbringing and things, and um, it seems like every other person that he runs into has read all of his books, 
and is either already done with Tenebrae or almost done with Tenebrae. And um, the list of who could be the killer is is both very long and also very short. Yeah. Because it seems like he's got a stilted uh, wife slash fiance. Um, from the beginning, she like watches him leave in his airplane, and you're just kind of like, huh, that's that's odd. weird. Yeah. And like they think that they see her in Rome, they're like, that's impossible. She's in New York, but is she though? And is nope. he having is he having some sort of affair with his uh, secretary? Maybe uh, could the killer possibly be his agent who's possibly doing this so that um, the book gains more national acclaim? <laughs> and then, therefore, more money. Hmm. Then you do see how obsessed that the TV guy is with his work. Yeah, he's he's very like very very much so intrigued and everything. And uh, at at another point, after another person is killed, which um, this one happens to be an innocent girl who had nothing to do with anything. She's actually the one that I was kind of talking about earlier that was being chased by a dog. Yeah. Um, it was a really weird way for her to end up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she literally got chased across and in Rome. And our movie, you can't uncover the killer's lair uh, by chance. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be chased by a fucking pissed-off rot... No. Yeah, it was like a Rottweiler. Don't know, it was a Doberman. Doberman, Doberman yeah. yeah. I get it mixed up sometimes. Yeah. It's definitely a Dobo doggo. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny, because, like, this dog had the same AI that, like, Cerberus dogs do in Hardest Difficulty in Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Like, this, these dogs, they know how to get around any fence, they can find any hole in any fence, and they, uh, they will never stop chasing you. And, uh, so she, she has to fight it off, it gets pissed off at one point, sniffs her out after she gets away, and then, like, literally walks back from a fence... <laughs> And then jumps and like climbs the fence. Style vault. Yeah, yeah. He stares at the fence, gauges the distance, and then just sprints for it, man. That was a super well-trained movie dog. <laughs> like, holy shit. I bet that dog was just a peach. Um, yeah, so up- upon running away from the dog, she ends up in the basement of the killer. Like, she finds photographs. The killer had been a... Uh, um, taking like you know, he took pictures of the victims and sent them to Peter Neal. Um, kept them for himself. Sent them to the cops. Uh, all the Polaroids, everything, all the negatives, everything to make the different uh, letters and things. And then she comes up in like this very elaborate, uh, exquisite home with like all these glass, like plate glass door window things, and everything's just like very really uh, avant garde. Oh, yeah, like a weird, like, brutalist house. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was fucking strange. Minecraft house? Yeah. Um, it was definitely the Minecraft mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Mi- Nick Minecraft McMansion. And uh, the killer... No creepers allowed. The killer comes home, dressed all in black, and then you hear him in his, like, very strange voice go, Spy! His, like, Suspiria voice? Yeah. You are a spy! And then starts chasing her, and you get, like, creeper vision the whole time that she's running away. And she, of course, does your, uh, as expected, tumbles and things like that. And, like, get away from me! And she's got evidence in her pockets. And in order to deter the killer from coming after her, she throws the evidence from her pockets 
towards the camera and therefore the killer's face. But tell me, Brent, does that actually deter the killer? No. No. And he's like, he's got a stick and he's like holding it like he's trying to like summon his Tron bike. <laughs> it wasn't just an ordinary after. stick. What, what, what kind of stick was this? It was an axe. Oh, it was an axe stick. Yeah, it's a, uh, there's an axe at the end of the stick. Oh, those are the worst <laughs> kind of axe sticks. Holy shit. So uh, after one more tragic slip and tumble, which was just brilliantly sold by this girl, um, she gets uh, she gets axed a couple times. And her answer is, oh, her, uh, uh. her tum tum got axed. Yeah. He took out the cheeseburger she had for lunch and ate it. Yeah. <laughs> and then pulled Don't her into a fucking bush. And uh, it's really great because, like, you know, we get, like, this cut. <laughs> yeah, like a weird, like, Italian lawnmower. <laughs> Dude, this this lawnmower this literally. This lawnmower was, like, smoking cigarettes and, like, <laughs> offering me thinly sliced ah, beans, gabagool. Beans, beans, beans. Would you like that with a little bit of prosciutto? And yeah. you say, ew, no. And they literally just, like, smack you in the face. With uh, with a finely made lasagna, so anyway, like the lawnmower literally looked like it shouldn't have worked though. It, it just didn't. <laughs> it look... looked like somebody took like a like an old school typewriter, or you told a kid box. who'd never seen a lawnmower to make a lawnmower. <laughs> you told a really cool eight year old to design a lawnmower. He's <laughs> like, okay, and but, like, he just drew, ass, drew a series flames. of boxes. Sick ass flames and like wings on it, <laughs> and, and so the lawnmower, not the lawnmower man, because we never see that person. But the lawnmower man runs his lawnmower over very important evidence. <laughs> he doesn't give and, a fuck. No, he really doesn't. And then ends up like, like you see the girl come into the shot, and she's like barely sticking yeah, out like of a fucking over bush. Her legs. Yeah, he like literally rams into her legs. He's like, hey, wait a minute. If you hear any cat toys in the background, that's my adorable kitten Nix. She's uh she's having a great time in the new house. Both the cats are. Like no, let her finish. The the carpet is very <laughs> soft. So then we cut to pretty much. I I'm not sure if there's anything between that and Peter Neal with uh Johnny and uh Anne. I believe it is. Was it Anne that was his secretary? Uh, yeah. Being uh, a build it yourself. Uh, poster thing to uh, try and plot where the killer might be. And that's when they think that it might be Bertie. Cristiano Bertie. Yeah. And uh, he only lives like three blocks away from uh, from Peter Neal's apartment. They get the bright idea to go and like check it out themselves. But, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. But uh, when Gianni, who get who has a huge set of balls, goes up to check on this house, he sees Berti just kind of sitting there, pouring over some files and stuff. And then he turns around after the lights go off, and he also gets asked a question. And uh, Gianni hears the killer say, yes, it was me. I killed them all. I killed all of them. And then, you know, some fucking spooky, goofy shit happens. Uh, a big old statue gets thrown in the uh, thrown in the glass window that he was staring in. And for some reason, the killer doesn't come after him. And when he goes back to find Neil, who's supposed to be hiding in the bushes, he's got a fucking rock covered in Neil blood <laughs> beside him and a head 
with uh with the brain a, faucet. Yeah, brain faucet, man. He's not dead. But no, he's got, he's got bonked real good. Yeah, he got bonked real good. His his brain uh, was showing that it had excess blood and was <laughs> trying to get rid of it. Um, he's weighing them down. Yeah, yeah. And so Gianni, like a good uh, like a good Italian boy, picks up Mister Neil and they just leave. And uh, then they go clean themselves up because they're men. Why go to the hospital? That's they, stupid. Yeah, or the cops. Man, fuck the police. Not gonna help. No, they'll never help you. Yeah, you can only trust your fists. <laughs> so, you know, they clean up, and Anne's just like, "Oh, you should really get your head checked out." Blah 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 blah. blah. They're just like, "No, no, that's good. It's cool." Johnny's like, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm going the fuck home." And uh, Peter's just like, Anne, why don't you just stay the night? Because there's been like three different scenes where we thought you were going to get murdered. <laughs> so it'd be really cool if you just stayed here. We don't have to sleep together or anything. You can sleep on the couch. But and we wanna, all know that. If you want to pet my bounder. Yeah. Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she does. She really does. <laughs> she, you know, like kind of grabs men. They go. They make out. And it's just weird because Peter Neal's like older. It yeah. is this like old man makeout session, just sloppy, leathery face. <laughs> it's just smacking on uh, on them pert lips. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's quite how it went down. Pretty but, much, yeah. I'm gonna argue. Yeah, and uh, you know they wake up and Anne finds out that she just got she just got fucking got by Peter Neal because he's already gone. He didn't even grab fucking coffee, didn't wake her up, didn't make breakfast. No, nothing. Nothing. He already went to uh, see his uh, agent. Talks to his agent about getting the fuck out of Rome for a while because, well, you know, his life is in danger. <laughs> there's a lot of go- there's a lot going on. Yeah, weird. Yeah, Darian, uh Peter was like born in 1928. Yeah. Darren Nicholas was born in 1950. So he was like 58, 50-something, 50 50 almost 50. I think 54 when. And she was like literally like... 30. 30, yeah. 32. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that... Ooh, that's kind of weird, though. <laughs> Could have been weirder. Yeah. 23-year-old picks up a newborn baby. Starts <laughs> making out with it. Sucking face. I just knew there was something between us. Yes. <laughs> you... You who has just come into this world, I who have experienced this world for half a century. Lady in red <laughs> is dancing with me, cheek to cheek. And by uh, lady in red, do you, oh, are you going. referring? Are you referring to the uh, the uh, ut- uterine line that's still covering this newborn child? Is this still the episode? Yes, of course. <laughs> you don't get a break. Oh. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, if, you think you, if you think that you get a break, then you deserve to have my punky boots stomped on your stupid <laughs> fuck face. Hilarious high voltage shots. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, if you, it's don't, hilarious if you don't believe me, I'll turn up your collar. <laughs> Shut up, slave. Slave? Collar? 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 I kept it there. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Creepy crawly. Yes. So uh, when he goes to talk to his agent, Mr. Hat Guy, he's like, hey, man, uh, I'd really like to get the fuck out of this country. TBH. And he's just like, feeling the vibes here. He's like, nah, man, we're so close. It's like a million dollar deal. 
here, we could just tell everyone that you're leaving, and then you just don't, and you stay over here instead. So they argue a little bit. He leaves. Or does he? And then, you know, out of out of the closet comes uh, Peter Neal's fiance, who then begins Jane. to... Jane? <laughs> who begins to suck face with uh, Hat Guy. John and, Saxon. Uh, a- Agent, uh, Agent Hatman. He looked good in the hat, not gonna lie. Yeah, he did. Yeah, a lot of drip. He did. He got a lot of drip. <laughs> drip level 1000. My boy's looking hunted. <laughs> so, Hatman and uh, Jane talk about getting lunch in this, uh, like, this specific piazzi uh, <laughs> around one o'clock or so. And while he's waiting for Jane, uh, a mysterious stranger, or possibly Jane, who knows, comes up to him in broad daylight and he gets done in like he just got prison shanked. Yeah. And like left in the middle of this piazzi. And like because there's a lot of people going around, walking around, people acting dumb and, you know, homeless men are just out to to molest you, you know, wherever <laughs> you go. No one really takes a notice at first until like a lady's like walking by and he like literally grabs at her skirt this draws a lot of attention. We see Jane wearing the new red shoes that she got from some mysterious stranger. And we've been kind of catching these like very strange glimpses uh, of like four boys. Yeah, the uh, flashbacks. Having some sort of like intimate uh, <laughs> experience. Yeah. Erotic experience. Yeah, intimate erotic experience with this one random woman who shows them a nipple and then two nipples we've all been there yeah it's it's weird it doesn't make (laughs) sense but it's there and uh she's seen a couple different scenes wearing these red high-heeled shoes which uh jane got from some mysterious sender a suta yes possibly and it was uh there was a card attached to it with uh written in italian Perthian. Oh, no, sir. Yeah, it was Perthian. Perthian Jane, which just translates to uh, for you, like to you. I always get to you and from you mixed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, you know, she she sees this and then, uh, like, you just get, like, a leg shot, which is kind of cool. And it's kind of cool because we don't get to see her reaction. Because her reaction may allude to whether or not she's the killer. Instead, she walks away very quickly. Which, if you're kind of a kind of a shithead like me, you'll try to say read that body language as being like the way that she's walking away is fairly deliberate and uh, seems like she just wants to get away really fast. Like perhaps she just wanted to see how everyone reacted, get one last look, mm-hmm. and get the fuck out of there. So you really don't know. We then go back to Mr. Neal, who's, uh, he gets a call, right? He gets a call from, uh, the inspector gadget man. (laughs) And, uh, he's like, yeah, no, I I don't want the call. Just let him know that I'm already on the plane. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And's like, okay, yeah, yep. And hangs up the phone. She's like, yeah, he just wanted to know if you were still leaving. So that's cool. Oh, like little Johnny's like, hey, it's really nice to meet you. Um, 
but this is really fucked up. I'm going home. Bye-bye. I'm going to go to that house one more time, though, for some reason. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to go to the house. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just I, I feel like I might remember something if I go there. Because he, he was pretty fucked up yeah. after that. He watched he, a guy get axed in the head. Straight in the dome. Yeah, he said, like, I saw his head, like, split halfway open. And there was a lot of blood. Yeah, he was, like, literally crying. Yeah, he driving didn't, home. He didn't have a good time. Yeah, no, poor Gianni. He was probably like seventeen or eighteen, maybe. Maybe. You know that's cool. Fucking There's gonna be some more editing for you in this episode. You chunky cat. You chunky cat. So we cut back to Gianni, uh, getting back to the house belonging to uh, uh, Berti. Berti. Berti X in me head. So he goes over there and he's like kind of trying to check the shit out. And that's when he has like a realization that Berti was actually standing there. And here come your spoilers. So if you don't want to hear this, you should probably skip to like the last five minutes of this episode where we're pretty much just talking about random bullshit and closing it up. And uh, go listen to, or not listen to, but watch the movie. I would recommend you uh, watch and listen. A lot of people would say it's Argento's best. Not my favorite. Not my favorite either. Mine's uh, mine's probably still got to be Suspiria or Phenomena. Yeah. yeah. I have to go with Phenomena. Phenomena is cool. It's the best uh, superpowers movie, man. It's, uh, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we sure will. Time. Yeah, well, I, I believe we already did an episode on Phenomena. Yeah, I guess we can. <laughs> yeah, so you can go listen to that if you want to hear more on that. Anywho, so there he is kind of reliving the uh, incident that took place in which Berti says in his own words it was me I killed them all I killed all of them and then he gets axed however but who was axed but who was axed <laughs> and while this is kind of going on we see a spooky killer man go into Gianni's car and and steal the keys from the ignition because <laughs> that's a cool thing to do yeah leave your keys in the ignition yeah in the middle of Rome which well, has a, a terrible crime rate. <laughs> you wanna, yeah you want to know they're in the or what if you have to get away real fast yeah you want them right there yeah so you could just turn and run there's been so, so many horror movies where they're trying to put the keys in there yeah, and then they fumble it, and then Ghostface shows up and stabs you a whole bunch. And then, like, digs them up and stomps all their fucking bones. Fuck yeah. So, you know, he sees this, and he's like, ah, a revelation. I have to go back and let them know. And uh, he gets back in his car, and what do you fucking know? Douchebag doesn't have his keys. <laughs> he's looking all over for him, And then Agent 47 slips <laughs> a fucking garrote. Or a, a garret or a garrot, you know, depending I've heard on. I've garrot. Yeah, I've heard garrot, and I've also heard garrot. But I'm gonna go with wire. I'm gonna go with a garrot, which a honestly strangle coat, strangle cord, big, strangle big strangle choking. mangle maim. He's, yes. he's he's dead now. Yeah, he, he died. Uh, he gets shoelace no around the neck. It really did look like boot laces, though. Yeah, they really. Yeah. Yeah, he he's getting choked out. He's getting the final destination and the shower treatment. He looks behind him just so he can see the killer. You know, that's the last thing he wants to do. Which I really can't blame the guy. My curiosity would have been peaked. And I was like, if I'm going to get fucking fucked, I guess I just want to know who's doing it. Who done it? Who done it? So you look at the camera and go, oh my god, it's oh you. Oh my god. And then uh, the, the killer gently just puts little Gianni's head on his steering wheel and leaves him there in the pouring rain. And uh, 
goes to go grab the fucking murder weapon, which was like idiotically hidden inside <laughs> of a like not even hollow tree behind some like goofy ass Michael's craft store vines. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't even supposed to be hidden. Yeah, it probably honestly wasn't, but the it wasn't found. Like, probably didn't give a fuck. They're like, oh yeah, uh, a bloody axe in the backyard. We all have one. We all have those. We're in Italy. <laughs> You never know when you have to chop somebody up for, like, a vendetta. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, not everyone has a gun, but everyone has the house axe. <laughs> the family axe. <laughs> the family axe handed down from one generation to the next. So he grabs the axe and he leaves. Or she. We don't know. Well, I don't know. And then, you know, a very, very strange scene happens after this. Another we get phone call? Yeah. Jane calls Anne. As uh, we already know that Peter Neal is on a plane going to, uh, I believe that was the the Rafa Raphael or something like that. In, she was uh, supposed to be going to Paris or something. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to go to a, a specific hotel in Paris for a week straight. the The funds have already been wired. Hopefully, there aren't any weird murders occurring there. Yeah, exactly. So while that's going on, uh. You know, we, we've got this Jane and Anne phone call, and Jane's just, like, trying to talk to her. She's like, sometimes I slip into a different personality, and I do things, and I need you to tell me not to kill myself right now. And Anne's like, this lady is fucking crazy. I also am in love with her fiancé, so I'm just going to go and do the right thing and just fucking go over to her house and make sure she's okay. And then we have Jane sitting there with a gun, just, like, at a kitchen table, just, like, staring. As you do. You know, yeah. And she's literally just, like, holding her gun out. And then guess who gets axed? Her fucking arm. Yeah. Her fucking gun hand. It's just right through the window. Spraying blood everywhere. Oh, dude, that is a really good scene, though. There's a lot, of, yeah. She just paints the fucking wall <laughs> yeah. with the blood. It's pretty good. It's yeah. A good, it's a good murder scene. It really is. And so, like, you know, she's, like, screaming, bleeding everywhere, walking away. And she gets axed in the back a couple times. And, like, her white shirt turns pink. It's it's honestly just a really fucking good scene. <laughs> Cats good doing scene. cat things. So, uh, yeah, she she gets she gets axed. We then, uh, we then have um, someone else coming to the door. But and, who is uh, door? But who is Door? And the whole time that you think it's actually going to be Anne, well, guess what? It's it's uh, Italian Scully. <laughs> yeah. Italian Scully was probably my second favorite character next to Anne. And uh, the killer was waiting for her. She gets axed. And then we see the killer's feet. And then his legs. And then his waist. And then him, this and it's shirt. fucking <laughs> Peter Neal. Holy Neal that one. shit. That's it. The revelation. The revelation. Yeah, so then uh, then the detective comes in with Anne. He's like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. Hey, what's going on here? And, uh, you know, Peter's freaking out because he realizes that he didn't kill Anne and he had meant to, I guess. I guess that's what he wanted to do. I think he wanted to play it off like he killed uh, the killer. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So when they came in, he'd be like, oh, my God. I I stopped them. 
Yeah, or it's, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but he he fucked up. Yeah, and uh, he was he was going to plant it. I'm just gonna say he was probably gonna plant it on a. I don't know whoever the fuck came in the door next, yeah. but uh, because he because he fucked up, you know, or no, he was probably gonna plant it on uh, on Jane or something like that. Yeah, like oh man, she she killed her, but why though? Yeah, but why though? I'm we'll such never a know. Artist. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the kind of funny thing. You know, he's a tortured artist, and you know it's ironic. What happens in the last scene? So anyway. Detective man comes in, sees what's going on, immediately assesses his situation, calls him out for what he is. Pretty much explains the plot. Yeah, he reveals <laughs> that the weird ass fucking uh, scenes of the boys and then like the the fucking girl. He reveals that also in one of the scenes where we see the girl get stabbed and she was wearing red shoes, the stabber was actually Peter Neal, and this was like it wasn't a sort proved. of proved. Yeah, it wasn't proved. It was, it was very. Very strong. Very fishy. Yeah, very strong fingers pointed like, in his direction. Yeah, it's it, like it was probably him, but they, there was just they couldn't try it. Yeah, it was, it was you, but we can't like prove it. Yeah, exactly. So he got let off, and so on and so forth. And he actually uh, had was a uh, was a pervert and uh, also a- aberrational person. I made that word up. Yeah. He was, he was, he was using Ab- aberrant. Aber- aberrant behavioral problems. Yes. So he calls him a madman, says, I'm going to fucking cuff you. Let's fucking go. Peter turns his back to them, pulls out a fucking switchblade, and cuts his fucking throat right there in front of everyone, going like, <laughs> and uh, Cop Boy, Cop Boy, and Anne go out to Cop Boy car. Because the phone don't work. Yeah. So let's go use my car radio. Yeah. And so he calls it in and he's trying to calm her down saying like, it's fine. You know, it's all over. Have an espresso and a cigarette. Yeah. And a scotch. It's fine. Everyone's dead. Ipso facto, it's fine. So he goes back into the house for whatever reason to, I don't know, secure the scene or something like that. Or perhaps he has a hunch. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Cop stuff. Cop things happen. He goes in only to find Peter Neal's body completely missing other than a, a, a little ch- kerchief. It uh, disappeared from the world. Yeah. As it, it despawned. Yeah. It was, there was just too many things on the map. <laughs> yeah. Needed to make room. And it's kind of funny. He spots his kerchief, you know, and it, like it was actually, honestly, it was a good. Really, shot. It, it was really good shot. Uh, as he bends down to pick up the uh, PN initialed kerchief, we see that Peter Neal, covered in fake blood, this is like standing behind him, like <laughs> yeah, and like uh, the detective is checking out the switchblade, finds out like oh, it's literally it's like got a, a button razor. on it, yeah, or yeah, not a switchblade but a like straight a, razor, a blood button. It's got a blood button. It like literally just like sprays out some Press blood. Press F for blood. Press F for blood. And, uh, you know, he stands back up, starts to walk away. Peter Neal axes him in the back. As he's stumbling, he knocks over a statue, which blocks the door. And he's just like, Very you know. Like post, like, modern art statue. Yeah, it literally looks just jagged like. Jagged metal. <laughs> yeah, jagged metal, like. Uh, so he can get hurt. They look like, honestly, they look like five, five, six rounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like stacked in a weird way. And uh, he falls on top of his dead partner, dies right there. 
and who's in the police one car. One sniff of her feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Could have been worse. It really could have been. And so, uh, Anne's just like, wait, it's been too long. I need to go back in there. I don't want to be out here alone. I think she like heard the commotion. Oh yeah, that's quite possible Which too. Which seems weird because it was just like all you can hear in the movies. It's like rain and storms yeah and prog rock yeah <laughs> and so she she runs through all the prog rock and she gets over to the door can't get in and we see now that like peter neal is in like fucking football Creeper, yeah. football tackler stance with an axe ready to charge the door after she finally gets the door open he had actually gone right up to the door for whatever fucking reason you know he's like right there and the artist gets killed by art yeah. as this postmodern uh fucking five five six round statue thing just gets him right in the chest impales him just peels his tum tum and like nails him into the wall but uh it, it's really good because it, it focuses in on like the gore you know and like really lets you see this is this is actually ending now because yeah. like this it's thing over. goes straight through him into the wall there's blood everywhere He's and like, it's like screaming she did, yeah I think that was like my favorite part of that movie yeah <laughs> watching her just like scream at the and door. like look at him and then just like hold onto the doorway shaking screaming and he's like literally trying to pull this thing out of his guts and he's bleeding everywhere failing and like just covered in blood and he looks dumbfounded that this is actually happening yeah like no, he not have predicted this. Yeah, the master storyteller. The master storyteller. Master it was all just a buck. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a buck. Um, that was that was probably my favorite part when he's like all curled up in the corner, and he just gets fucking called out for all of his bullshit. Yeah, he's like, why don't you just a buck? Why don't you just shut the fuck up? up Bup, shut, shut up. up. Yes. So, uh, and, and it literally ends like yeah, while, while she's screaming, while she's just like screaming. screaming he stops. He stops moving. He's got dead face, and then just like no, credit dead. credit <laughs> roll. Yeah. Uh, fine question mark. <laughs> El fine. El fine. Oh, oh, oh. Baguette, fine. baguette, baguette. Don't forget the ooze. You've been off and oozing. <laughs> yeah. And then we get more of that really sick ass uh, prog rock song and all the uh, all the credits. Uh, we were we were really hoping there was something hanging out in the uh, oh cat things. Uh, <laughs> she came close, and the other one got angry. We were checking out the bonus feature stuff, <laughs> and uh, we were really hoping that like the uh, alternate, unsane. the unsane edition, <laughs> you know, Gears of War Six <laughs> unsane edition, the gives HD. you all the fucking Mountain Dew skins for your Lancers, the remaster for Xbox One, fucking literally Lancer me, homie. <laughs> yeah, no, it, so like we thought it might have like a different ending, but it was literally the last like. 15 seconds of the ending and then just a different song for the credits yeah and it was just really fucking lame like it just <laughs> didn't hit right and uh you know we checked out some of the some of the trailer stuff and like that was kind of fun watched a japanese trailer and it literally felt like a japanese anime ova yeah like i literally thought avas were gonna come breaking through the scene at any point and they didn't and uh honestly 
kind of upset about it. Yeah, there there was a cool beating heart on a plate, and he's like, "Itadakimasu." Itadakimasu. With like you know a creepy female overlay. Dalio Itadakimasu. It was uh, it was very off putting, but yeah, overall, pretty fucking fun stuff. It's a good movie. It really is. I had uh, a really good time. Um, better than a lot of movies that I've fucking watched, you know. So I, th- I think that's you know fair enough. Is it the best Argento film that I've seen? No, but it's uh, one of the better movies that I've watched. You know, it was fun. Uh, did I leave my couch marked? <laughs> I don't think I. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that uh, Tenebre marked me, but um, I'm gonna be watching every fucking writer that I know. Right. Especially if they write uh, they have thrillers. marital problems and are also a, a murderer author. If they had a weird trauma in their childhood. Yeah, or they just even look like Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know what you did, King. We know what you did. A lot of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all right. That's that's fine. And uh, that that concludes our uh, our coverage of uh, Tenny Bray. I guess that's it. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for bearing with us in this crazy schedule. We're, you know, obviously, like we said, I believe at the beginning of the summer, it was going to be iffy, but we would record when we could. So we really appreciate all of uh, all of you, whoever you are, that yeah. that continue to listen to uh, to us two people us or whatever. Yeah, it's really great. I really appreciate that. You guys are definitely listening. We see those numbers, and uh, you must be being entertained if you come back every week. So I really appreciate that. And I know that Brent does too. And Brent does a lot of, uh, a lot of hard work doing the post editing on all these, uh, these here files while we're apart. These are really easy. (laughs) These are really, yeah, it's, it's (laughs) the thing that we have cooking for you that takes a little bit of time. And, uh, that will likely continue to happen. What we, uh, what we have in store for you. So we'll, we'll see what you guys think how you guys react and everything like that. And then uh, you'll probably have more of those random good yet disgusting goodies to look into. Uh, and I really feel like they got a, they got a spot in our, uh, in our comedy and uh, what makes us two people so very unique and uh, the kind of entertainment that you two people look for. TBH, honestly. Yeah. Keep it 100 with you here. Keep Please. it on it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maximum. Max drip, though. Yeah, thanks again. And um, I hope you have a super, super stellar uh, time between this episode and the next episode. And uh, yeah, check out Tenebrae with some friends. And uh, any other Good movie that we, uh, that, we, that we cover. Do what we tell you. Do what we fucking tell you. Or I'll uh, come to your house and I'll sit down with you and watch it with you. Yeah. I I won't tell you how to feel about it either. Because that's that's not me, bro. I just just want uh, a tasty drink, a furry pet to pet, and uh, I don't know, some barbecue sounds pretty good. I'll go with that. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye.